This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. The Daily Lunch is all about making magazines accessible. And on a Thursday, it is, of course, Take a Break magazine. I love it. Some real-life stories, lots of intriguing events unfolding. And today, Hannah, feature writer from Take a Break, has kindly joined us. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well. Thank you for joining us today. I believe that you've got a great couple of stories there. As I say, they always sound intriguing. And this first one is called Fly, Fly Away, Butterfly. Yes, so this is from a lady called Paula. So Paula moved towards a head of golden curls with a hairbrush, but her daughter Lucy quickly slipped through her arms and darted away. She folded her arms across her and said, I don't like it. Like most three-year-olds, Lucy couldn't stand having her hair brushed and she always made a fuss. And later, Paula found her downstairs doing something she liked much better. She was singing along to her Hannah Montana DVD. She watched it non-stop and it drove her completely round the bend. But hairbrushing aside, Lucy was a happy little girl who loved to sing and dance. She was her only child in her world. But one day Paula noticed that her breathing wasn't right. Lucy's dad, David, and her took her to A&E where she was diagnosed with pneumonia. She was given oxygen and admitted, but later her condition deteriorated and she was transferred to the Royal Hospital for Children in Glasgow. A doctor came to see them and he said... We found a mass on Lucy's heart. She needs surgery immediately. Paula said, is she going to be okay? The doctor said, there's a chance she won't come back from surgery. There was no time to dwell on her fear, so she gave Lucy a tearful kiss goodbye and a nurse took her away. Lucy was taken to theatre, then David and Paula paced around the hospital watching the clock. Hours later, the surgeon came to speak with them. He said the surgery had been a success and they'd taken a biopsy of the mass for it to be tested. Lucy was put in an induced coma and she remained in intensive care for two weeks. Then the doctor said, I'm afraid it's cancer. Paula put her head in her hands and sobbed, but there was more bad news. The cancer was not curable. Doctors slowly woke Lucy up from her coma. Then she started chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Paula told her that the medicine was going to make her better because she didn't know what else to say. One day Lucy's blonde curls started falling out, but she just laughed and said, I'm glad. Why is that? said Paula. Because now you don't have to brush my hair, said Lucy. After five weeks in hospital, Lucy was discharged and returned home. The first thing she wanted to do was watch her her Hannah Montana DVD, Butterfly Fly Away. In time, they had amazing news. Scans showed that the tumour on her heart had shrunk to the size of a thumbnail. And Paula thought, she's beaten it. Weeks passed and one day she was giving Lucy a bath when her fingers touched something that made her freeze. It was a lump on her stomach. She prodded it, hoping she'd made a mistake, but there was no mistaking it was there. They returned to hospital the next day for tests, and a week later they got the results. A doctor took them into a little room and said, I'm very sorry, but Lucy's cancer has spread. There's nothing more we can do for her. Her world fell apart in an instant, but David and her agreed what they had to do. Paula told the doctor, We're going to stop the treatment. We want her to have the best quality of life that she can. It was the hardest thing in the world, breaking the news to their family, but they agreed that it was the right decision. They took Lucy on holiday to the Isle of Butte, where she walked along the beach and collected shells. Back at home, Lucy turned four and they had a huge birthday party for her. One day, Lucy and her were curled up on the sofa watching Hannah Montana. She suddenly turned to Paula and said, Mummy. Yes, she replied. I love you, she said. I love you too, said Paula. Later that evening, when they were eating dinner, she said it again. And as she tucked her into bed, she said it once more. Every day, Lucy kept telling her that she loved her. Eventually, she started to sound like a little parrot. 
But then Paula realised something. She said to her partner Michael, it's as if she's trying to fit in a lifetime of I love yous. Days passed and Lucy started to get breathless. She began sleeping in bed with Lucy every night to make sure she was okay. One morning she was too poorly to get out of bed and Paula knew it was nearly time. She called up their friends and family and throughout the day people dropped in to say goodbye to her. That night she couldn't sleep and Lucy was awake too. By now she found it painful to even be touched. She said, can I put your arm, my arm around you for a cuddle? Yes, said Lucy. Very gently Paula embraced her. Then Lucy gave a sigh and something inside of Paula knew. She held her and said, have you had enough? Lucy looked at her and said, yes, mummy, I have. So Paula kissed her forehead and said, then you can go. Lucy closed her eyes and her breath slowed down, then it stopped. Paula t held onto her little body and wept. After she was taken to hospital, she was allowed to come back to their home and Paula laid her on her bed. She could almost believe that she was sleeping. At her funeral, she asked everyone to wear pink and purple and she made badges that said butterfly fly away. She made a hundred but they were nowhere near enough for everyone who came. Then they played the song in church. Butterfly fly away, you've been waiting for this day. All along you've known just what to do. And as Paula listened to the lyrics, she thought, I'd give anything to hear that's her sing along to that ruddy DVD one last time. Then she put her favourite teddy into the coffin so she wouldn't be lonely. Now Paula misses Lucy more than words can say, but sometimes she still feels like she's in the room with her. The other day she was lying in bed and she was so sure she saw her silhouette in the mirror. Since then, Michael and her have had a little boy, Adam, and they'll make sure that his sister's spirit lives on. Oh, my goodness. That is such a sad story. Oh, heartbreaking. I it is absolutely heartbreaking. I thought at one point there maybe it was going to have a happy ending. Yeah. But oh. but she, Lucy seemed like such a strong little girl. You yeah, know, when talking was. about chemotherapy and she just looked on the bright side. Well, at least, Mummy, you won't have to brush my hair. And, I know. What a little sweetheart. Oh, that is amazing. And it's just as if she knew deep down inside her, even though she was probably a little bit too young to fully yeah. understand, she knew knew that something was going on and wanted yeah. to keep saying I love you. Oh, it's that... amazing what kids go through in situations like this and how they respond. It's like they know that something is, is happening and what they have to do. Exactly. Oh, it, That was really heartbreaking and I just couldn't imagine being in the shoes of the parents. That's really, yeah. really difficult. Well, Hannah, thank you for reading that story from Take a Break magazine, but we've got time for another one and this yeah. one is called A Dress Made from Love. Yeah, and this is from a lady called Kathleen. So, um, as the hands of the clock neared midnight, a man named Pete twirled Kathleen around on the floor. It was New Year's Eve and she was at a dance in the town hall. When the song ended, she felt a tap on her shoulder and she turned round and came face to face with the warmest brown eyes she'd ever seen. They belonged to Pete's friend and he said, Can I have the next dance? She took his hand and he said, I'm Terry and that, that's a beautiful dress. There was something about his eyes that bewitched her. Suddenly there was a loud bong as the clock struck midnight and around them everyone cheered and couples kissed. But Terry and her didn't embrace because it was 1963 and you didn't kiss someone you'd just met. Instead they danced the night away. And when it was time to go home, Terry said, Can I take you out? And Kathleen nodded. When Saturday came, Terry walked her to the pub and handed her a box of chocolates. Because the lady loves milk tray, he said, mimicking a popular advert. She burst out laughing and thought, he's just perfect. They started going out together and five months later, Terry said, shall we get married? Why not, she said. That Saturday, he took her to H. Samuel and she chose a sapphire ring with two diamonds on either side. When Terry looked at the price, he started sweating, but he said, you're worth every penny. 
The next day it was her 21st birthday. Terry slipped the ring on her finger and they told their parents. Her dad took him for a few beers, but the pub was full of fishermen and Terry couldn't keep up with the drinking. I kept passing the beers to other people, he told her later. And after that, dad, her dad called him hollow legs and it became their little joke. As time went by, they put away every spare penny for their wedding. She took her best friend Sue shopping and spotted a beautiful dress with a fitted bodice and lace sleeves. She tried it on and when Sue saw her, she began to cry. It's perfect, she said. You've got to have it. But there was a snag. It cost £30, all of her savings. She called her mum and she said, you're only going to do this once. So she paid the deposit before she could change her mind. They booked a church and then found a place for the reception. And mum, her mum insisted on paying the £7 for a traditional tiered cake, even though she had to go back to work to afford it. Ten months after they got engaged, their big day arrived. Her dad drove her to the hairdressers, then her bridesmaids helped her into her dress. Outside the church, her dad said, you look beautiful. Then they stepped down the aisle and Terry and her became husband and wife. They enjoyed a ham salad at their reception and toasted the start of their marriage with a glass of sherry. At 5pm, the guests waved them off and they caught the train to London for their honeymoon. It was the happiest day of her life. Three and a half years went by and their daughter Jill came along. Kathleen gave up work to look after her and four years later they had a boy, Andrew. Their life was lovely. Terry worked hard to make sure that they never wanted for anything and when the children got older, she took a part-time job in a corner shop to help pay for luxuries. Every year they celebrated their anniversary with a visit to the pub or a nice meal in a restaurant. Those anniversaries soon clocked up and before she knew it, Jill and Andrew had left home, got married and had families of their own. Jill had a daughter, Beth, and a son, Matthew, while Andrew gave them another granddaughter, Isabel. Then when Terry turned 68, he started to feel poorly. He was suffering from tummy cramps and was constantly tired. So they went to hospital and a doctor told them, I'm afraid it isn't good news, you've got bowel cancer. Kathleen gripped Terry's hand and said, we'll get through this. He forced a smile, but she knew he was as frightened as she was. He went into hospital and began a course of chemotherapy. When he was there, Beth came to stay with her and helped her around the house. One evening, they were chatting about the past when she said, Have you still got your wedding dress, Grandma? Yes, Kathleen said, in the attic. Let's get it down, she said. As they unwrapped it, she was amazed at how well it had been preserved. It looked brand new. Try it on, Beth said. It had been 47 years since she'd last worn it, but the size 10 gown still fitted her like a glove. Beth said, you look amazing. Then her eyes lit up and she said, why don't you renew your wedding vows? It'll give Grandad something to look forward to. You're right, she told her. So when Terry started to feel a bit better, she brought up the subject of their 50th wedding anniversary and told him Beth's idea. That would be wonderful, he said. Terry responded well to his treatment and after two years, scans revealed the cancer had gone. So they started making plans. They went back to the church where they'd married and the reverend said he'd be honoured to conduct the service. Andrew's wife Victoria said she would make a huge cake and dozens of cupcakes and the landlord of the Pelican pub where they'd done most of their courting agreed to host the reception. At last the big day arrived, 50 years and one day since their wedding. Kathleen left their home and went to the hairdressers then Beth helped her into her dress. As she carefully zipped it up all the memories of her first wedding came back but this time she wasn't a bag of nerves. Her grandson Matthew guided her down the aisle. She felt like she was walking on air. She couldn't stop thinking about how lucky she'd been to enjoy 50 years with Terry. They exchanged vows and she told him she loved him just as much as when they first met. I think Terry replied, I love you more. As they made their way back up the aisle, the guests sang Solomon King's She Wears My Ring. 
Many of those in the congregation had helped them celebrate five decades earlier. At the reception, one asked, is that really the dress you wore last time? It is, said Kathleen, and just as beautiful, Terry said, wrapping his arms around her. She was delighted to have a second chance to wear her wedding dress. The first time she wore it, she was at the beginning of a wonderful adventure with Terry. And now, just like their marriage, the dress has stood the test of time. Oh, that is an amazing story. That oh, was a really, great, yeah, a really positive one. Really, really sweet. I have to admit that in the past, I've been a little bit cynical and thought, why do ladies hold on to their wedding dresses? You wear them <laughs> once, surely you should get rid of it. But that is a fantastic reason. You never know that 50 years down the line, you yeah. might have an opportunity to wear it again. And how amazing that she still fitted into the dress oh, she wore no. when she was 21. That <laughs> is phenomenal. A whole 50 years. Years later, I could not imagine doing anything for 50 years, let alone being no. married. That's amazing. And I had to chuckle as well. There was a couple of uh, generational moments there. But <laughs> 1963, it wasn't the proper thing to do to kiss <laughs> kiss a lady you didn't know. And what no. was the price for the cake? Seven, it's seven pounds. Seven pounds. You wouldn't wow. even get on the bus for seven pounds these days, <laughs> would you? That's amazing. No. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for reading us those stories from Take a Break magazine. I really enjoyed them. And you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.